Welcome back to Leadership and Lattes, where our pithy little group of ladies discusses leadership topics that uh, aren't always taught in school or regularly discussed in the workplace. So this might be especially true if your organization has not invested in organizational development or leadership development professionals. So we're here to help fill that gap. So welcome back and hello again. My name is Danielle Lord. I'm here with my co-hosts. I actually said it correctly this time, uh, Crystal Roberts and Trisha Ryan. Welcoming Trisha Ryan back to her second podcast with us. So uh, hello, Trisha and Crystal. How are you today? We're awesome. <laughs> doing great thanks <laughs> so it has been an amazing fall day here in the pacific northwest it was beautiful uh trisha what was there something fun that you did today um i'm not sure if it was actually fun but i ended up trying to clean off a deck that was covered with ice this morning so it was <laughs> that was fun <laughs> Well, the fun in that is making sure you don't uh, slip in any residual ice, right? So <laughs> a little um, impromptu ice skating. <laughs> <laughs> Crystal, how about you? What Did you do anything fun today? Well, um, I did a couple things. So sadly, I watched the Seahawks lose today. That was a little sad. Um, but then I also, um, we're going to be doing Thanksgiving at our house outside <laughs> this year, um, just with, um, our immediate or just a little bit of our extended family. And so, um, I'm taking on normally my mom does all the cooking, um, but I'm doing the cooking. And so one of her little secrets is she does the mashed potatoes ahead of time and freezes oh. them. So that's what I did today. I was peeling a bunch of potatoes and had her her um, recipe. And uh, so I got those all done and in the freezer. So now I got one step towards Thanksgiving done. So that felt good. The freezer, that's an awesome idea. I had never thought about that before. I did something new the first time last year. I cooked the mashed potatoes in the crock pot and it actually worked out Ooh. really well. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. Crock pot mashed potatoes. So. Uh, but uh, we're not here to talk about recipes, but uh, anyway, <laughs> another day. It's a whole other thing, right? <laughs> so I was able to get out in my yard for a few minutes today. So that was really great to get a few things picked up and some roses deadheaded for the season and such. So it was just nice to be outside. But mm. so I did some of uh, that yesterday? yesterday? If yeah. yesterday was a good day to just sit in front of the fire and read, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> just, what a difference a day can make here in uh, our area. So, uh, well, to our listeners, welcome back. Uh, we have a fun, exciting, and I think interesting topic today, and that is employee development. And um, in my uh, experience, and, and I'll let Trisha and Crystal weigh in on this too, is um, I have learned over the years that managers oftentimes know that employee development is an important part of their role, although sometimes they don't. I've, I've had that experience too. But oftentimes the tools and the processes and the procedures can be a little bit uh, overwhelming for them. And so I've recently had the opportunity to put together a training that I've wanted to do for years and years to help managers not only understand kind of the, the driving force behind this, but then to dive in and tackle some of the different tools. 
and how to do that. So it, uh, I had my first session last week and what I was super excited about was introducing some leadership concepts to them and how they all said how interesting it was uh, to hear the leadership angle of employee development and, and they were very appreciative of that. So, but I'd like to open it up to the both of you and, and ask uh, as we start, uh, what was your first, or not necessarily your first, but what was an experience with having a manager or a leader take an interest in you? Uh, what was that like for you? What did it feel like? Um, how did it um, impact your overall commitment to the organization and et cetera? So Trisha, would you like to, uh, to lead us off? Oh, sure. And it sounds like you had an exciting week if you got to do that new um, <laughs> new workshop. I think that's a wonderful idea. And to yeah. your point, it is hard sometimes for leaders to see that that development is something that is a part of what they're supposed to be doing. So um, it's, it's cool. Very cool. Um, I have to, you know, I've had so many opportunities over the years. I've been in several organizations and all of them offered some kind of development. Um, but I, I have to say I had my most impactful one happen when I was um, early in my career, but maybe one that's a little more recent was several years ago when I was recruited to a healthcare organization. And when I got here um, to the state, the um, hiring leader, the director I was working for, had three new employees. All of us were senior consultants, all came from varied backgrounds, but we all had a lot in common. And that was things like organizational development and leadership development. And our leader wanted us to all have the same language and the same tools as we went out to meet the needs of our new customers. And so he put us on our own development plans and um, and put us through various certifications like, you know, MOT, Managing Organizational Transition, the Billings, or, sorry. <laughs> who is it now? I've forgotten who it is. Bridges. Uh, Bridges, William Bridges. <laughs> wow, I, had, I, had a, I had a hiccup moment there. Um, the Bridges model and uh, several other things that we we really felt we needed. And while I may not have used all of those tools in the organization, I had the language and I found it easier to interact with leaders as I was trying to find interventions to help some of the things that they were experiencing. So it was it was actually really nice to have um, have a plan when I first got here and the oh, you know yeah. the fact that we had a big discussion about what I already had and how I could use that but also wanting to incorporate some new language so that I was more comfortable with my you know my new organization it was it was actually a lot of fun I found it was probably more development than I had had um, more training and certainly more certification training than I had had in quite a few years. And so it was a little overwhelming at first to go, oh, I can't believe I'm back in a certification program. <laughs> Am I going to make it? But it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And I came out on the other side of it feeling a lot more confident about what I was going to be doing. I 
I think that's so powerful. You said a lot of powerful things in that. Um, you know, the, having the common language, having an immediate community of practice. Um, mm -hmm. I think uh, what a couple of things that stood out for me as I listened to your you had something, you had a path the moment you walked in the door. And how many employees have walked into the door knowing that they had a role or a job to do or a function to play and were kind of left dangling for, a, you know, even a few days or a 30 days or a couple of weeks. And, and that can feel really discouraging uh, when you first walk into uh, when you first walk into an organization. So, yeah, that is so true. And I, I have to say that that was my experience in the organization I worked prior to this one. And um, it was it was difficult because I knew I was wanted. I, I got the job. I sat down at my desk and I got all my office supplies <laughs> <laughs> and I learned who my clients were going to be, but there were no, there were no, um, um, meetings set up with them to, so that I could get to know them. I had no idea what the, culture was like at the time outside of anything I heard in my interview. So it was really kind of disorienting. And I think mm -hmm. I probably spent the first two weeks kind of, um, I don't know, pushing my office supplies around my desk <laughs> and waiting for my phone to work. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's the I think that's the experience of a lot of people. And, mm -hmm. you know, when when you think about uh, how quickly we make a decision as as humans and employees, as to whether or not we're going to stay or leave, uh, you know, that can happen within the first 30 to 90 days. And uh, it, yeah, so if you're just kind of left there to flounder, um, it, it doesn't leave you with a very good feeling. But um, so yeah, yay. Uh, the other thing I heard was you mentioned, you know, really the capacity to work through the vision and consistently, right? And mm -hmm. using um, the same language and the same practices that, um, that the organization has in order to carry out the vision. And I think so many times what I hear where people get frustrated is that they hear the vision, but their one up leader or manager sometimes doesn't have that same underlying understanding of the vision. And mm -hmm. so it just creates that disconnect all up and down the organization, right? Yeah, and I think that, thank you, I think that goes right back to what you were talking about um, that you did last week, in a way. You know, here are people who have every intention of doing the right thing by their new employees, and even by their existing employees. They don't, they don't come into work and with the intention of doing a terrible job. They're just overwhelmed, you know, as the day progresses, or as um, the the strategic plan unfolds and they've learned all the things they have to do to make that happen they lose sight of the fact that they've got people who have the skills you brought them in to do those jobs <laughs> and yet you're doing all the jobs for them because you're not sure how to employ their their skills and part yeah. of it is if you don't know your folks well enough, you don't know what they do and don't have. If you don't know how or nobody's ever set you up for success as a leader to be able to, you know, to see how it plays out to have someone sit down with you and do a development plan and figure out what your timing is going to be and what you're going to use that in that information for and you know that kind of thing those are really important conversations but a lot of our leaders have never had them and so they have no point of reference 
Yeah. Yeah. So well said. And so well said. And when it, you know, you, you, it, it just trickles down, right? And if you've mm -hmm. been had that opportunity, how do you, how do you model the way for somebody else? So. Exactly. Thank you, Trisha. Crystal, how about for you? What's uh, it's a leader who took an interest in your development? What was you, an experience that you had and, and what were you kind of left with as a result? So I've been fortunate to have a number of development opportunities along the way. And one that um, stuck out for me was fits uh, uh, the CCL, the Center for Creative Leadership model, um, the 70-20-10 model, where 10% mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. formal education, 20% is that mentoring, coaching, and 70% is on the job. And it was solidly in that 70%. And we oftentimes, I think, don't think about and really give credit, enough credit for development in that how do we um, grow through experience and so this, uh, this leader um, gave me an opportunity to run our uh, leadership development conference or leader, leader conference. And so I had not ever done that uh, before. And it was a really uh, very visible because it's actually the CEO's leader conference. Uh -huh. And so um, very visible. So it had all, all those, um, you know, new skills I, I needed to develop. So all that sort of checked all the boxes of what's a development opportunity. Um, you know, you had the opportunity to fail if it wasn't done well. Um, but one of the things that, that really for me made a difference was her belief in me that I could do it. But more than that even was that she didn't just leave me hanging out there to do it on my own. <laughs> <laughs> which is sometimes what happens, right? We think, oh, yeah. this is a great development opportunity for you. And yeah. uh, let's, we'll give you that development opportunity, but do we actually follow up, you know, and yeah. stand with the person who's, um, ha we give that leadership development opportunity to. So I, had, yeah. I really appreciated that. So she was, gave me um, the time that I needed when I had questions, I was able to access her, um, she brought me to the all of the meetings so i had oh, full information yeah. it wasn't just like carry it out i had the information and the resources i needed she made sure i did have people to support um at the actual execution of it so all the number of things to support me gave me feedback um uh to make it be successful you know so i wasn't just um hung out there so for me that was a really uh, important development opportunity one just because it was it helped me grow and helped me um, be seen different um, as a different kind of leader a more visible leader in the organization but also was just a great um, example of uh, for me of what a good development opportunity looks like uh-huh uh-huh i loved what you said about you were able to sit at the same table during the meetings and yes. how powerful is that? And, you know, I think that's oftentimes where that development piece gets and the communication piece gets lost. And then it's so frustrating for people and it's a setup for failure because you're not hearing or you're you are hearing information, but it's coming through the filter of somebody else. 
and that I think is always a setup for failure. It's, that is not a setup for success. So being able to go uh, to the meeting and be present and ask the questions. And then it puts you, you're seen in an entirely different way, right? Around yeah. senior leaders, you're seen as the one driving it. And so they come to you with questions and information. And again, they're not bypassing you. So, yeah. Uh, wow. And uh, yeah, the I think the, you know, the scariest part is you talked about, you know, here you go. <laughs> Sometimes it can feel like a little push off the ledge. Yep. <laughs> And then, you know, without having someone to be constantly checking back with you or creating that safety net or that safety environment, then when the debrief comes around, it's like, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, <laughs> how's this going to go? <laughs> so really making sure those debriefs are safe and about uh, further development, not, um, yeah, not the, um, well, this went wrong, this went wrong, and this went wrong, which is uh, sometimes the, the concern, right, when we have those, yep. those follow-up meetings, so. Yeah. Well, yep. I love that you brought up the 70-20-10 uh, rule. Thank you for that. So again, for folks who aren't familiar with that, Crystal mentioned um, what we know frequently or commonly in our world is 70-20-10 when it comes to development. And only 10% comes from an actual learning event or that kind of uh, bum in the seat uh, training that, that folks go to. I mean, it oftentimes gets lost when people come back into the environment or culture with their super exciting new way of doing something. And then that remaining 90%, the coaching, the mentoring, the application, that is the leader's role to do that work and gets lost. And so all that knowledge just goes right back out the door, probably within a matter of a couple of weeks because they're, they're yeah. not having the opportunity to practice it. So, yeah. Um, great. Thank you. Thanks. Um, so what, uh, what comes to mind, you know, we've talked a lot uh, in our previous podcast about learning agility and the neuroscience and what happens to you under stress. Um, we've talked, we talked uh, once about the SCARF model, which is the status, certainty, autonomy, relatedness, and fairness um, when it comes to being motivated or, or demotivated to do things. When you think about learning agility and development, um, what's some advice that you would have for uh, leaders when it comes to applying this and taking it out of the context of self and thinking about somebody else? What would you, how would, what would you share with leaders, Crystal? Well, I think it kind of goes back to that experience that I had uh, that I was just sharing. Um, and I call it, I call it the learning edge. So it's where you feel like you have enough um, stress and risk, basically, of failure um, in the development where you're going to be pushed outside your comfort zone. And that's how you start to develop those new neural pathways is by doing something new and different. And it sort of just nudges you out of your, of your normal patterns. And, and that's where you begin to create something new, but not so much. And that was that piece about my boss saying, you know, come in, you know, if you've got questions, come and talk to me. Um, I'm here to support you. I didn't feel like I was completely left on my own. So I didn't go into amygdala hijack basically mm -hmm. where yeah. um, I was in so much fear that I couldn't think um, clearly and I wasn't engaging my executive function and not making good decisions. So I think it's it's that sweet spot, which I call the learning edge oh. between um, pushing you out of your comfort zone, 
but not so far that you're in fear. Yeah, 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 such a good point. Because when we get to that place of fear, uh, nothing happens. <laughs> yep. <laughs> nothing happens. And then everyone wonders, well, how come something didn't happen? Where, where did we go astray here? So um, thank you. Trisha, how about learning agility? What comes to mind for you? Um, what, what advice would you have for leaders when we think about learning agility and uh, uh, helping employees develop and, and move through that development process? Yeah, and I was I was listening to Crystal and to you as well earlier, and I was thinking at the time, uh, one of the things that is so has always been so important to me, and when I was um, doing leadership development with my own team, it always seemed important to sit down and have a conversation with the person who's going to be receiving some development, and talk about the importance of it, and talk about you know what. What are the possibilities that you can do? What are those things you could do with what you're going to learn? And what is expected of you when you go, once you've learned it? What can we put in place that will enable a person to um, use the skills right away? And that goes back to that 70-20-10 um, rule, but it's also, it's, it's all about engaging the employee in a conversation about, you know, what what can they expect from the, the learning? What is expected by the organization or by the leader? And what they should expect in themselves, what they can expect to, how they can expect to grow. And that's so important to me. Um, I've always felt it was important to, as a way to engage somebody so that they will potentially want to um, gain the learning. I, I know that I had a, a leader a long time ago who felt that that was very important and he always brought us into a room had a conversation about you know an opportunity and it might be a challenge in the organization that we really needed some skills that perhaps we had gaps in or where we needed to just strengthen our skills and um, we'd lay out some opportunities often I had to do my own um, hunting to find out what, what opportunities were out there. But once I did, bringing that to my leader and talking about, you know, what were the benefits, what were some of the risks, and what, what would I expect to come back with? And then at having that conversation with the leader about what opportunity was I going to be employing when I came back from my learning that would enable me to not only build the skill based on what I learned, but also, you know, just get it embedded so that, um, so that it was relevant. Often I think leaders don't quite put two and two together when it comes to, to um, the learning opportunity and how to use it once a person's back. It's not just a matter of going to an executive training class and coming back and being an executive. It doesn't work that way. You know, you have to often have um, a specific yeah, well. goal. So Trisha, that was really a powerful reminder, even for myself, who's done this work, like uh, the, the two of you for a long time, is that reminder that um, it's development is not a one-way street, right? It is not a, 
a mandate of this is who you're going to going to be or this is what you're going to look like at the end of this it has to be a it has to be something that both parties even all parties if you add the organization are have some level of interest in uh, in doing so, so what so. a great reminder around that thank you mm -hmm. um, so that actually brings me to kind of my third and final, I think, important topic around um, uh, development, and that is uh, the role of the relationship between employee and leader or manager. And boy, this is something that I think we talk, probably stress every time we're together, is that this is, employees and leaders have to have a relationship. Uh, and without that relationship, we're not going to have a high quality of exchange. So Tricia, since you so well, uh, poignantly uh, kind of led us into this direction quite naturally, what, uh, what are your words of wisdom around the role of the relationship between leader and employee, especially when it comes to development? I'll try and be really brief on this one, but it is <laughs> so critical. Um, I think more often than not, we see, the three of us have seen in the past, um, people go through a learning opportunity, a leadership learning opportunity, and their leaders are fairly disengaged. It's like, yes, I, I support you going, but oh, you want me to keep talking to you about it? And to me, that's <laughs> it, it's unfortunate because it's not a, you know, I have sent you to training, you are now trained, you are now a leader, and it doesn't work that way. It's it's the exchange, it's the relationship that's built. It's the bantering back and forth sometimes. It's, you know, having a, a discussion where there may not be um, common ground at some point. They may have very different perspectives, but it's but the learning is happening because you're learning about each other. And that is very mm -hmm. telling when a leader is looking to someone who is has a, a more critical eye or is seeing what they're learning a little differently than the leader did. Often the leader learns more than the student. Yeah, I love what you said about that. Um, it, it, uh, you said a couple of things that, that stuck out for me. One is that they're learning about each other in the process. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and it could have been a while since a leader has heard the information. Maybe there's new information that's come out. Maybe there's some other different perspective that the learner got that the leader didn't get at the time. And so now the opportunity for the learner to become the leader and teach the leaders maybe something different or new that they had forgotten about or didn't glean as a part of the, the learning event. But I think it also it is important to consider for leaders, this is a moment for you to step back into the followership role and mm -hmm. say, oh, I'm gonna be a follower now and allow the voice of my uh, employee to kind of our learner to really come out and be strong at this point in time. But I think what you put such a nice bow on, Tricia, was you really looped it back to the importance of the 70-20-10 rule and how powerful that 70-20 um, co mentoring, coaching, and application um, pieces, the 70 and 20, are uh, to development overall. So, yeah, nice. I, I like that. Really connecting it back to that. Thank you. Thank Great you. Stuff. Yes. Crystal, how about you? What comes to mind as, as you think about the role of relationship? in this whole process. Uh, I think, and I'm not sure this is exactly what you were getting at, but I, 
I do think one of the things that we want to keep um, in mind is the need of the organization as well. Yeah. So I think it's really important. I think Tricia touched on this earlier, but to really, there's a sweet spot between what the employee, what their goals are and what they want to develop and what the organization needs. And usually if we work at it, there's, there's some way to overlap those so that both the organization and the employee can get what they need. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it on the face of it, it might not look that way. I was thinking about an example where I was working with a couple of people around an employee really wanted to develop their strategic skills and the, um, the leader needed somebody, to, uh, needed them really to step up more in their like data analysis skills and be looking at both of those, you could see that there were projects where you could get development that crossed over because obviously you need good data in order to make good strategic decisions. So um, really seeking out where there's overlap and synergy around what both the organization and the employee, what their needs are. Yeah. It's so true. I, I agree. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's kind of a, a, it's a trifecta, if you will, right, of employee, manager, department, team, and, and then the organization. So yeah, it can't just be one or the other. So always, always have to be cognizant of what does the organization or the team need as well. So, and I think, so I think um, it's probably a good place for us to, um, uh, we probably saturated some folks with with information. I think a good a good stopping point for us. But I think what uh, comes to mind, Crystal, as I heard you talk about that and the needs, is uh, leadership competencies and the importance of having leadership competencies that are mm-hmm. kind of that driving thing that you're constantly driving to, right? So it's not just some random development goal. Uh, so I'm thinking maybe next time we're together, we continue this conversation by exploring what competencies are and, and maybe diving into some tools like an IDP or a 360. That's a great idea. Sounds great. Sounds yeah. Great. And I think, I think as we think of leaders also, that how it, and we want to develop our employees, you know, for a variety of reasons to increase their employee engagement, to increase productivity to make sure we've got the right people and skills at the right time. Um, But also really thinking about that uh, we as leaders need to be good examples of that. And I think a lot of times we'll put ourselves second um, Uh and maybe just not take the time to do our own development. And I think if we want our employees to really um, dig deep on that development, we've got it. We have to do that too. So we have to, it's that put your, oxygen mask on first. Um, so really encourage people to think about that. And as we look at that tool, I think that'll be helpful to, to think about where, where do I, how do I put my own development plan together and follow through on that and make the time and the priority around that. Um, and then also how do I help my employees do that? Well, and I think it, and I, when, when we have our next session, we might want to also dive into the whole idea of if a leader is, in fact, putting their own oxygen mask on first and and getting their development, that they reach out to their employees for support. Because 
to to a point that Daniel made earlier, it's also um, having a little bit of leadership development up. You know, it's leading, it's developing up as well as developing down. So it's that you know I'm I'm learning this, and I'm and I'm looking to you, my my team, to um, you know help me when you see that I'm not doing something or when you see that I have done it and I don't seem to be identifying that I've done it, call it out, show me, you know, give me examples where I'm actually demonstrating what I'm learning. It's sometimes leaders don't think they want to be that vulnerable, but that vulnerability <laughs> is so critical. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. true, I, wise words. Yeah, yeah. great point, That's very great. So I, uh, so just in kind of some wrapping up with um, three things to leave you with, and I'll, I'll start out and give uh, just a second to kind of think what three things you would pick to leave leaders with. Uh, I would say that um, uh, right skills at the right time, uh, development really is a way of increasing engagement, and it's pretty simple. It's a really simple way to increase engagement. Uh, it, folks who have development pathways almost always say they feel so much more commitment to the organization uh, and of course employee engagement is a topic for another converse, another day but uh, and I think the third thing I would leave uh, leaders with as we close out is it's really about having that quality of exchange uh, to ensure that you can have really rich conversations uh, that are both impactful and meaningful for folks so um, that would be my uh, that'd be my wrap up for the day how about uh, Trisha or Tr I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna morph your names. <laughs> I always do. <laughs> um, anyone want to, anyone want to jump in first? <laughs> Trisha, I'll let you go next. Oh, oh thanks. <laughs> well, I think um, for me, it would be definitely make sure that there's a plan for the development. It's not just random development for the sake of development. So have a plan and have have that conversation so that there is that, to your great point, Danielle, that exchange is so critical. It helps the learner and the leader get to know one another and where they're coming from so that the experience is richer. And I think probably finally, um, leader as learner, you know, mm, yeah. keep, keep the channels open. Yeah. Right, thank you. Just like we say, everyone's a leader, right? That works both ways. Leaders can, leaders need to be learners as well. So, thanks, Tricia. Crystal, thank what, what are your top three uh, leave thems with? <laughs> Is to really exercise that 70 20 10 model. Um, and especially as we think about uh, where we're currently at um, with COVID and um, in the middle of social justice issues, there's so much going on. There's great opportunities uh, to apply that. And also by using that model, also when we're in these situations, a lot of organizations have cut development dollars. Yeah. And so that doesn't give us the excuse just to say, oh, we don't have time for development or we don't have the money for development. You can do at 2070, you have 90% uh, of your development can still continue and move on. We just need to be intentional about it. So I would say that the 70-20-10, make sure you're using the whole model. Um, 
to uh, to really think about the learning edge. So mm. really, how do we push ourselves out of our comfort zones to build those new neural pathways without getting into um, so much of that fear that we're in amygdala hijack. So learning edge. And then my last one is, I think, and I think Trisha already said this one, but really thinking about how do I, as a leader, model the way around development, that it, if it's important enough for us to invest time and money, uh, if we've got it this year uh, mm -hmm. in developing our employees, uh, we've got to model the way and do our own um, development as well. Love it. Thank you. Nine great points. Might be a little overlap, maybe seven, but <laughs> some great points to leave folks with. I think one last thing before we sign off, I would uh, say when I was uh, teaching this, the first half of this class uh, last week, someone said, well, gosh, you know, we've already got so much on our plates and, and now you're, you're telling us you want us to be out there and present and, and coaching with folks. And it's like, how do we take on that extra bandwidth? I said, well, you know, that's kind of the beauty of developing your employees is that you are now giving them the opportunity to work at their capacity and it shifts or adjusts the work that you're doing. So you're no longer doing the spreadsheets or the documents or, you know, whatever fill in the blank is you're out engaging with them now and you're giving them that work that they want to be doing. So it's not a matter of looking at it as, I have more work to do now. It's really thinking about it as I get to shift my work. And I think development work is fun. So hopefully uh, leaders can take on that, uh, th that kind of mantra of, you know, this is fun. I get to be really engaging with folks in a different way. Beautifully said, Danielle. That was beautiful. Yes. Trisha, thank you. I appreciate Great. that. So final thoughts from anyone and we'll we'll call it a wrap for this week and and uh looking forward to bringing you additional uh conversations topics and and insights in our next uh next podcast but uh crystal any following any final thoughts from you well just that i have my closeout uh piece do you want me to do that now Mm -hmm. Yeah, go unless Trisha has anything, any final thoughts she wants to say. I think okay. probably no. Yeah. I just I had a blast with you two again, and I'm looking forward to the next one. <laughs> All right, Crystal, take it away. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Danielle, for um, taking uh, seat one and being our our um, moderator for, for this discussion. So I really appreciate that. You did a great job, and thanks, Trisha, for your second podcast with us. It's awesome. <laughs> Was fun. Um, and I want to just remind our audience to send in their questions about leadership and leading in these unprecedented times. Uh, and we'll try and answer them on air in an upcoming podcast. And you just need to send your questions to leadership and lattes. And that and is A-N-D, leadership and lattes at gmail.com. If you'd like to know more about us or the show, um, go to uh thepinnaclecc.com so that's thepinnaclecc.com and lastly please subscribe to our podcast it's free and share with other leaders like yourself that you think would benefit from this podcast so thanks again danielle for co-hosting uh and trisha for co-hosting with me and i look forward to our next po podcast thanks to our audience for listening and we'll see you next time thanks, take care everyone. thank you bye-bye